0: fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is August 24th, 2021, and our first story. Hundreds of recall election ballots from California were discovered in the car of a sleeping felon. They also discovered drugs and a gun And the man has been charged with forgery, which I guess implies his intentions. Now, we don't know exactly why, but the establishment is scared. Larry Elder, conservative talk show host, might actually win and become governor. In our next story, Biden may have pushed too far on vaccine mandates. Bill Maher, liberal talk show host, is saying enough. He's refusing to get any more booster shots. But as vaccine mandates come to L.A., Bill, you're going to have no choice now, aren't you? And in our last story, Governor Cuomo has commuted the sentence of a communist terrorist. That's right, the father of Chesa Bowden from San Francisco. This man was involved in the 1981 Brinks robbery, which saw three people murdered. Naturally, people are really angry about this. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. California's recall election is underway. Mailed in ballots are being returned and whether or not Gavin Newsom gets recalled, we don't exactly know. The polling is neck and neck, but we do know that should he get recalled, conservative talk show host Larry Elder may actually become the governor because he is leading with 20% of the polls. Now, of course, they're scared. The L.A. Times has been, has been running hit piece after hit piece. Some of the most insane hit pieces. The black face of white supremacy, they call this guy. That's insane. He's just a conservative. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, now we have a couple more stories. To start, let me, we'll build the suspense. I know you clicked the thumbnail. You know what's going on. But let's start with uh, one story where people are concerned that their mail-in ballots have a hole in the envelope. And when you put your ballot in, You can see whether or not someone voted to recall Gavin Newsom. And many people are scratching their heads like, why is my vote visible through this envelope? And they just say it's the hole is there for, you know, moving it through the system. I I don't look. I don't care why the hole is there. People are freaked out about it. I think it's a really bad idea. Maybe make a better system. But here's the big story. A felon was apparently sitting in his car asleep. And the police came and investigated and found drugs and hundreds of California recall ballots and a loaded gun. And uh, how? This raises some very serious questions. How did someone come to be in possession of hundreds of California recall ballots? Apparently, they're informing people whose uh, names are on the ballots. And they're going to be sending them out sending, out, sending out new ones to them. But already, people are skeptical because... Well, they don't trust uh, the Democratic Party, and this is a huge red flag. There's a viral video showing some women going through a mailbox, and a lot of people are saying that it is proof of them, you know, taking mail-in ballots. I have not been able to confirm that. What I do know is that we have official reporting saying that some dude somehow got his hands on hundreds of recall ballots, and uh, we don't know how. But it implies this guy or someone is doing something dirty, and why? What this could uh, this already compromised a, a, the election to a great deal. These ballots being just loose, no chain of custody. What are we supposed to do? What if there are others? I don't know. I can tell you this. Go out and vote and vote for what you believe in. You know, I'm, I'm of the uh, opinion that Gavin Newsom is terrible. And I think Larry Elder would be an excellent change up for California, though I don't agree with him completely on policy. I think one party rule is extremely damaging. But there's a lot coming out of the media, and there's a lot of information we have pertaining to the polls that have been returned so far. For one, the media is giving us a, a, I don't know, kind of a contradictory message. One, they're saying, be scared Larry Elder could win. And then another outlet saying, it's actually really great that Larry Elder is winning because it means Newsom won't be recalled. But let's just take a look at the polling data. I'm sorry, the, the ballot data. Based on the numbers so far of returned ballots, I think it's fair to say Gavin Newsom will be recalled. Wait till you see this data. It's early. It's preliminary. We're like two and a half weeks out or so, maybe three weeks out, about three weeks out. So we have almost a month. But so far, the data on returned ballots suggests Larry Elder might actually become governor of California. Look, I got to tell you, Gavin Newsom, ain't it? You, You might disagree with Larry Elder, but I view the man as principled. And I might disagree with him on some things, but Gavin Newsom is anything but. Well, let's take a look at what's going on with this news. Before we get started, of course, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to get access to an ad-free experience and all of our members' content. Right now, it's just segments from the TimCast. IRL podcast that are exclusive for members only. But we've got new shows coming. Also, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and let them know about this from Fox News. Hundreds of California recall ballots, drugs, loaded gun found in passed out felon's car. They say police responded to a call of a man passed out in a vehicle in a 7-Eleven parking lot in Torrance on August 16th, the Torrance Police Department said. During the investigation, officers learned the suspect was a felon. And had Xanax pills in his possession. Police said a further investigation found thousands of pieces of mail, including over 300 ballots, for the upcoming recall election of embattled Governor Gavin Newsom in the vehicle. Wow! In addition to the mail mail, uh, uh, and ballots, police found a loaded firearm, methamphetamine, a scale and multiple California driver's licenses and credit cards and other people's names. Police said new election ballots were being sent to those identified through the investigation that the incident was not tied to any additional thefts of election ballots. It was not immediately clear how the ballots ended up in the suspect's vehicle or what he intended to do with them. Police said the incident is being investigated in partnership with the U.S. Postal Service and the L.A. County District Attorney Public Integrity Unit. The suspect was arrested and faces numerous charges, narcotics and forgery charges, His name was not released. Newsom's recall election will be held on September 14th. The recall push was launched in June of last year over claims. The governor mishandled the state's response to the pandemic. Oh, and then some forgery charges. I don't think it was the gun and the drugs that triggered the forgery charges. So it stands to reason this is a case of voter forgery. We'll just use that phrase. Oh, innocent until proven guilty. I don't exactly know what happened in this case. Cops found some, uh, so they claim, they, they found these ballots in a car. There's photos of them. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and lean towards, uh, yeah, this guy probably was doing something nefarious as it pertains to the election, and he's being charged over it. So what does that mean? I don't know how you deal with something like this. I'll tell you one thing, though. Do not let anyone demoralize you. They'll come out and they'll say, question this, question that, and I say, It's irrelevant. Stand up no matter what. They're going to try and convince you that it's, look, the only reason, or it's just the main reason they want to convince you that there's no election integrity is because they want you not to vote because there is. Now, I get it. There are questions about a lot of creepy things, like how did this happen and what's going on? But you still have to get your vote in. So vote in this recall. And again, vote your conscience. My opinion, recall. (laughs) Recall Newsom and then vote for whoever you want. Uh, Maybe Larry Elder is the right choice. The way I see it, Larry Elder is conservative commentator, talk show host. I don't agree with him, as I mentioned. But you've got a serious problem with one party rule in California. There needs to be a change, a rebalancing. I don't think constantly just voting in more and more and more Democrats solves the problem. That's what they're doing in New York. They're complaining about Bill de Blasio, so they just vote more Democrats in. But these people are loyal to the party. Not to the constituents. That's why it's like, just get somebody who's not tied to that stuff. I don't know how you do it. But there's other concerns here as well. Take a look at this story from KCRA, California Recall Election. Why you may have holes on your ballot envelope. And they show this image. I don't know if you can Some really things see that it. Voters can uh, here we go. Here's a better image. Well, let me mute this and I'll play it. You can see there's a hole right here. And where the hole is, you can see the word No. If the hole for no is not filled out, then it seems that you're voting yes to recall Gavin Newsom. The fear here is that while this is going through circulation, anyone at any point can see the vote for that is likely to be a yes on recall and throw in the garbage. Or they can see you're saying no on recall and throw in the garbage. Conservatives work in the post office, too. So the, the idea, I suppose, is always pointed in one direction, but I don't care which direction it's pointed in. They might say, oh, uh, you know, a pro Gavin guy might see this and throw it away. Yeah. And an anti Gavin guy might, say, might do the exact same thing. This puts everyone at risk. Maybe you don't want Newsom to be recalled. What if some Trump supporter sees that and says, oh, you want to keep Gavin Newsom? eh?" It says no. You can see the no votes. That's a problem, right? Well, they're basically saying that it's for accessi- accessibility for visually impaired voters. We got some feedback from our blind community in the Secretary of State's office in order, to, in order for blind voters to be, able to, to be able to identify where the signature line is on the envelope, which is very important for them to sign, that this would provide them some individuality and autonomy to vote on their own. Well, you screwed up. I do not believe that is the appropriate way to deal with the issue. And of course, people are not going to be confident in the elections. But again, don't let them get you down. Get your votes in. We got good news for fans of Larry Elder, mind you. But let's see what the media has been saying. Get worried. Gavin Newsom supporters are trying to bridge an enthusiasm gap by pumping up the fear. Uh Uh-oh All of this news is just good for Larry Elder. The media is freaking out. The LA Times in full-on panic mode, smearing the guy. The black face of white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy out there, but there really is an enthusiasm gap. Check this out. SF Chronicle says, The people who answered their doors knew about the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom, but only with the vague awareness that comes from scrolling past a post on social media or spotting an advertisement on TV. Even though they leaned toward keeping him, their feelings about the first term Democrat didn't seem strong, and most had no idea that their ballots would be arriving imminently with less than a month to return them before the September 14th election. So on a recent Saturday morning, as Jennifer Shinovsky canvassed the blocks of an Oakland neighborhood near Brookdale Park, knocking on the doors of union households, her goal was to remind them, no, it was much more urgent than that, scare them into voting against the recall. Quote, the Republican Party is trying to take over our governor position, and we're really concerned about what that will do to the minimum wage, to workers' rights, to the right to unionize, Janoski, a community college chemistry professor and president of the Peralta Federation of Teachers told a janitor at one home. As county elections officials finish sending out mail ballots to every registered voter in California, the campaign to prevent Newsom from being removed from office before the end of his term is increasingly driven by a strategy of instilling fear, fear that he could lose, Fear of the consequences. If he does, fear that voters aren't engaged enough to care. Several public polls in recent weeks have shown that while Newsom retains support of a majority of the heavily Democratic California electorate, the race is too close to call among likely voters because Republican enthusiasm is so much higher. For Republicans, this is storming the gates. Finally, an opportunity to get in someone to challenge the supermajority and single party rule of California. For Democrats, who cares? Many of them are default voters anyway. They go out when it's voting day and they don't care much else. They vote for what CNN basically instructs them to do. For the most part, I would not call them critical thinkers. And I say for the most part, because not everybody, but I love citing the, citing the, uh, the statistic that Democrats think the economy is good and independent voters, Republicans think the economy is bad when the economy is objectively bad. But because these people just watch TV and believe whatever they're told, they think the economy is going great. And it's not. I mean, look, labor shortages, food price increases, uh, that in and of itself, gas prices going up. It's amazing that they think this. They're going to mention daily fundraising emails warn Newsom supporters the governor could be booted out of office, handing over control of the biggest blue estate in the country to conservative talk radio host Larry Elder, leading the field of 45 replacement candidates in the polls. Elder has campaigned on reversing mask and vaccine mandates tied to the pandemic, has downplayed the climate crisis and the effects of racism and would seek to eliminate the minimum wage. Now, that last one's bold, which I don't think he can do on his own. Quote, we defeated Trump. But we did not defeat Trumpism, Newsom said during a recent campaign event, once again evoking the former president who is deeply unpopular in California. Well, SF Chronicle is saying you got to get scared. The Sacramento Bee is saying Larry Elder is leading among California recall candidates that might help Gavin Newsom. Oh, I'll tell you this. I'd be willing to bet regular people want the mandates to end. There was a viral clip I just saw. I think it was Busta Rhymes. And he was like, F this, F that. We, they're taking away our freedoms and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, he was saying like, I don't want to get political, but I got to talk with y'all. Yeah, regular people don't like being told you're not allowed to live, to be beaten down, especially Americans. Americans are defiant. That's the nature of our country. It's what is founded on defiance, individual liberties, so I think Larry Elder could talk a whole lot of big conservative game, and regular people are be like, "That's great, Larry, that you're pro life. Will you let me go back to work?" And he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, of course." And they're going to be like, "Done, fine, whatever." Gavin Newsom in, in, it puts in the, in place these edicts, these lockdowns, and then he's caught outside not wearing a mask, eating at fancy restaurants. Like anyone believes this guy will respect your individual liberties. Well, the Sacramento Bee says Governor Gavin Newsom talks about Larry Elder everywhere he goes. During a conversation with Planned Parenthood on Wednesday, Newsom blasted the conservative talk show host for opposing abortion. On Monday, at a campaign event in San Jose, Newsom warned Democratic supporters that that an elder victory in the recall could result in a Republican takeover of Congress. What? And when he rallied supporters in SF earlier this month, Newsom described the leading Republican recall candidate in uh, in terms intended to scare Democrats. He's to the right of Donald Trump, Newsom said. That's what's at stake in this election. Whoa, I'm sorry. Uh, Gavin Newsom, that's racist. Here you have a wealthy and elite white male smearing and insulting a a successful and prominent black man. Now, shouldn't that be a red flag to the left that cares so much about systemic racism? Of course not, because it only matters when it's power for them. They would gladly prop up an old white man or a wealthy white man in defiance of everything they claim to be against, or, uh, against they, they, they say one thing, they do another. Now, look, I'm being a bit facetious. I don't care about the race of the individuals involved in the governor, governor's race. I care about the fact that Larry Elder is a small-L libertarian. He believes in individual freedoms, and he would protect those for people, and Gavin Newsom doesn't. Gavin Newsom is an elitist despot who says, rules for thee, but not for me. So what do we get? An opportunity to put someone in the governor's office— who is going to respect your individual liberties perfectly? No. Better than Newsom? Oh, you betcha. Let me show you the good news. Let me show you what's going to make you all pretty happy. Let's do some, uh, a little bit of uh, poll tracking here. This is from politicaldata.com. 2021 recall ballots returned tracker. There are 22,161,506 ballots that have been sent out. 1,142,462 uh, have been returned so far with about 21 million outstanding. That is 5%. A million ballots returned. That's a good sample size. Everybody can be getting their ballots in, and we have a million ballots. It may be that this tracks very similarly moving forward, which is big. You know why? Let me show you the party ballots mailed and returned. Uh, uh, ballots mailed and returned by party, we can see that right now, 56 percent of ballots returned are Democrat. Perhaps bad news, right? Well, there's one thing you can consider. Many Democrats will probably vote to recall Gavin Newsom because they don't like him. I would imagine a small percent, even if it's five or six percent, they're going to say, look, anybody but Newsom don't care. In fact, I'm sure many of these Democrats are probably moderates, not all of them, maybe a small faction in which they'll say, we don't care if it's Larry Elder, He's, he'll be better than Gavin Newsom. Or maybe it won't even be Larry Elder, who knows? But let's get real. Right now, 10 million, there, there are 10 million, 300,000 Democrat ballots, 6.5 million independent or other ballots and 5.3 million Republican ballots. Republicans are half of the Democratic Party, but Republicans vote in person, not by mail. And independent voters tend to as well. Democratic voters overwhelmingly vote by mail. So here's a couple things to consider. First, many Democrats might actually vote to oust Gavin Newsom, paving the way for a, for a Larry Elder victory. And more importantly, if right now the Democrats are only sitting around 56% and Republicans are going to show up on the 14th and vote day of or in person, assuming in person is available, I'd imagine they can at least do a uh, day of, which would be more likely. Then it's going to flip. Gavin Newsom will be recalled. And Larry Elder's in the uh, front position. Of course, that's why they're freaking out. Now, I don't know for sure. I don't know who's going to win or why. I can tell you they are pulling out all the stops from Fox News. Larry Elder brushes off L.A. Times column that called him the black face of white supremacy. These people are inscrupulous. They are dastardly, Fox News reports. The L.A. Times published a column on Friday titled Column. Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. You've been warned. How is it amazing? It accuses the Republican of using overly simplistic arguments that whitewash the complex problems that come along with being black in America pretty sure Larry Elder is a black man in America. Isn't it funny how the opinions of black people when they're conservative don't matter, but when they're progressive, oh, it's the truth. It's exactly what I experienced at Occupy Wall Street. When I would engage in an argument with these uh, uh, identitarian leftists and say something like, my opinion is X. They'd be like, yeah, well, you're a white man. And I'd go, actually, I'm mixed. I'm mixed race. And they would go, oh, well, now your opinion matters. Because the merit of the opinion was irrelevant. It was simply like, do you agree with us or not? In this instance, it only went so far. It was the white activists who were like, oh, now I agree with your opinion because you've mentioned that you're you're not white, I guess. even though I'm mostly white, I guess. And then it was the people who were non-white who told me to go shove it because they didn't care as far as they could tell. I was still white no matter what. That's how the game is played. L.A. Times columnist Erica D. Smith said Elder Elder uses taunting and toddler-like name-calling of his ideological enemies before belittling the gubernatorial candidate with her own insults. Quote, I've learned that it's often best just to ignore people like Elder, people who are, as my dad used to say, skinfolk, but unnecessarily kinfolk. She wrote, before attempting to insult Elder as a Trump fanboy, dangerous, a troll, and implied he doesn't understand critical race theory. His candidacy feels personal, like an insult to blackness, the Time columnist wrote, is Larry Elder not entitled to his opinions and experiences as a black man? Is he not entitled to come to his own conclusions? This is why I detest these people, because their answer is no. My answer is, oh, we've got one. Uh, we've got some prominent activists in favor of critical race theory that happen to be black. Interesting. Let's hear the argument. Oh, here's here's an, a, an activist and political commentator who opposes it, who happens to be black as well. Sure, whatever. What's your opinion? Back up your statements. I don't care about your race. I certainly recognize racism exists. I'm not going to play the stupid game where it's like, oh, we're all colorblind. We, the, the law should be, and we can recognize disparities in culture, but to come out and, and, and want laws and critical race applied principles in schools, wrong. We should be getting over race as a factor. We haven't completely, but it's not an issue of law at this point because the Civil Rights Act was passed. It's an issue of cultural, long-standing biases and the remnants of racism that still exist. I'm all in favor of denouncing, rejecting and fighting back against these things, of which I do believe are systemic racism. But that means when someone like Larry Elder comes out and expresses to you his opinion as a black man, you simply say, is your idea good or not? Your race is, uh, uh, let's, let's be honest, race has relevancy to a certain degree. If Larry Elder says this is his experience, I would say, well, he's black, I'm not. There you go. I'll take into consideration. If we're talking about people's experiences as a man, as a woman, as LGBT or whatever, then their identity and their experiences as that person are relevant. But should that mean we should apply it into law? No. It means that we just, we look for good ideas. We weigh different character, different issues in someone's argument for the most part. But ultimately it comes down to this. Anyone is allowed to have an opinion. Anyone is allowed to put forth an idea. The idea could be good or bad. Stop yeah, I, I, I'm just sick of the left playing the race game. Quote, I, uh, uh oh, oh so I read that one already. Fox News host, host Sean Hannity called the column disgusting and invited Elder to respond to it directly. I am genuinely friend to friend sorry that you have to go through something as evil, horrific, and racist as that. However, Elder, who leads the pack of Republican candidates, said, I anticipated that would happen. This is why a lot of people don't go into politics, because of the politics of personal destruction, Elder said. It's not the first time the L.A. Times attacked me. There's another writer who all but called me a black David Duke elder continued. They're scared to death. Many observers have noticed that attacks from the left on elder appear to increase as he performs well in the polls. The right leaning Twitter account even shared a variety of the liberal L.A. papers, recent elder uh, uh, elder headlines. And they're insane. Look at this. You, you know, the first headline, blackface of white supremacy Here's another one. Larry Elder talks a lot. Too bad you can't believe anything he says. Larry Elder bashes the media, offers no solutions. Remind you of an ex-president. State officials open investigation into whether Larry Elder failed to disclose income sources, which we'll get to in a second. If Larry Elder is elected, life will get harder for black and Latino Californians. Larry Elder's ex-finance, uh, ex-fiance, sorry, emerges as leading critic with gun allegation. Wow. Well, here it is. They're coming for him, man. They don't want this guy to win. California officials launch probe into gubernatorial recall candidate Larry Elder's income disclosure. Business Insider says, The Fair Political Practices Commission, FPPC, a nonpartisan commission that enforces the state's campaign and conflict of interest laws, began the investigation after the California Democratic Party filed a complaint against Elder, accusing the Republican candidate and longtime talk radio host of improperly disclosing some of his financial and business details. Earlier this month, the Times reported that it appeared as though Elder improperly listed business disclosures regarding Lawrence A. Elder and Associates, Inc., a company he appeared to own, according to experts. I mean, that's his name, right? The Times r- report noted that in elder's statement of economic interests, a public filing that can aid in flagging any possible conflicts of interest, he hadn't clarified if he owned a part of the company. However, he did disclose that the company was a source of income. Ying Ma, an elder campaign spokesman, a spokesperson told the Times, the discrepancy was quickly addressed. We made a simple mistake and we fixed it as soon as possible. These investigations are very common in campaigned world, she said in an email statement. According to the FPPC, neglecting to comply with disclosure requirements carries a penalty of up to $5,000 per violation. An elder spokesperson, pre- I love how it's like a, his, la- his name is Elder, so it sounds like I'm talking about like a prominent and old spokesperson, an elder spokesperson, no, no, a spokesperson for Larry Elder, previously informed the Times, that it appears there might have been an oversight and amended the filing to reflect the candidate fully owned the company. Elder also updated the filing to show that his company was worth between $100,000 and $1 million. Elder, a prominent black Republican who has long, who long has espoused his deeply conservative views with a national audience, has vaulted to the top of many public polls in the September 14th gubernatorial recall election. On the ballot, voters will first choose whether to remove first term uh, Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom. And if, it, if the effort is successful, Then the replacement candidate with the highest numbers of votes will win the race. So let's break down some of the important things for those of you who live in California or know people who do outside of the politics of this. have you seen the price of gold lately, it's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Here's my understanding based on uh, this New York Times article breaking things down. We'll just go through the gist of it. If you vote only to recall, it doesn't matter. It is, you, you're, you, you could, there's two questions. Will you recall and who should replace the, per, replace the governor? If you only answer one question, your, your ballot is still counted. If you say yes to recall they, and, and Gavin gets recalled, they'll just pick whoever gets the most votes, president. And Larry Elder is leading the pack. But what if you vote nothing on the recall question, but you do choose a potential replacement? That's interesting as well, because your vote will still be counted. What will happen is in the event of a recall, your vote for that candidate will contribute to whether or not that candidate actually wins. Now, the Democrats are playing a very risky game here. They have gone out campaigning, telling people vote no on the recall and nothing else. It's kind of crazy. The idea is back when uh, in 2003, when Arnold uh, ended up winning the recall, the Democrat strategy was vote no on the recall uh, or uh, I, I guess they said, you know, just just vote for the Democrat to win. The idea was many people decided I'll vote yes on the recall because then we'll get a different and better Democrat in in office. Instead, they got Arnold, who they call a Republican. But come on, the guy's not a Republican. Well, the strategy now is if people believe there's a chance a Democrat could win, they might actually vote for the recall. So just tell them not to do it. But therein lies the risky strategy. If they cannot muster, and it seems like they're not right now, they're in the lead. Don't get me wrong. Democrats have, have sent in more votes than Republicans or independents. But many of these Democrats probably will vote to recall. And if they're not telling people to choose an alternative, then what happens? Larry Elder wins. Check this out. Here is a list of all of the people that have put their name on for uh, running for governor. You got Caitlyn Jenner down there. You got Ted Gaines. You got Larry Elder, John Cox, Daniel Watts, a free speech lawyer. Those are all Republicans. But you do have a bunch of Democrats. You've got Holly L. Bade, a mother and business owner. John R. Drake, a college student. This is amazing. Here we go. Jacqueline McGowan, a cannabis policy advisor. Armando uh, Mando Perez. He's a no ballot designation. Brandon is a physician attorney. These are all Democrats. And then there are more Republicans. and Then you have some you have a couple Green Party. You have Jeff Hewitt of the Libertarian Party. And you have a handful of people with no party preference. I don't really understand why most people are including their name in this, to be completely honest. But it seems like Larry Elder with 20 percent of polling will be the next governor of California, at least for the next year. So or, or the next two years. So my understanding is we have this article from The New York Times. What will happen is, Let me let me uh, uh, jump down. If you're voting no, uh, no, blah, blah, blah. How long will the successor be in office? Newsom's replacement would govern for about a year until Newsom's term ends in January 2023. There will be another election in November 2022 to choose who will serve the next four year term as governor, as California's governor. If recalled, Newsom can run again. Here's, 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 Here's what I see. I see an exploit that I think Republicans probably should continue to use the recall system. If you get enough signatures, you get a recall in, and then you have a chance to get someone elected. And this proves something. If Gavin Newsom is recalled and Larry Elder wins, it proves that Newsom and many Democrats in California particularly are often elected simply because the electorate doesn't pay attention or care. When you have an off-cycle election where regular people aren't being bombarded with get out the vote stuff and mostly don't pay attention. They don't vote for any of it because they don't care. But when it's election day, they're like, oh, got to go vote. And they just will just vote party line. It's true for Republicans, or Republican states, too. In this instance, you're going to see an opportunity for Republicans. Let's say uh, January 2023 comes around and you get Gavin Newsom back. You just recall again. You know why? Just create uh, it, it, We're in this era where you can literally just tell people, give us your email addresses and we'll send out an email notification requesting your signature for the petition again. And then everyone's notified, and then they'll all go do it. And then boom, there comes another recall, this time February 2023, right? Now, maybe the system doesn't, system doesn't work exactly like that, but you get my point. There can, you can keep having these recall efforts. In San Francisco with Chesa Bowden, they tried to recall, and they came up shy by about two, th- 2,000 signatures. So they're just doing it again. There you go. Just keep doing it, I guess. And then California will maybe get some opposition leadership who can challenge the single-party single rule, which I think is a good thing. But until then, there will be dirty games because politics is a dirty game. And these hundreds of ballots, we can only speculate, right? I don't know what to tell you. You can take a look into it. You can, uh, I'm sure many of you have already come to conclusions. So I'll leave it at that. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast I'm sure this will come up in our member segment over at timcast.com later tonight with uh, our guest. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. We may be reaching the limit. Regular people are saying enough. They do not want to live under an authoritarian boot. And the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates are pushing people to their limits. The other day, Joe Biden called on companies to mandate vaccines following full FDA approval for the Pfizer vaccine. And although Moderna and Johnson and Johnson have not yet been FDA approved, it doesn't matter. You need only one. And now the companies are going to say it's FDA approved. It's on you. You got to get it. Now, I don't think that absolves these companies of any responsibility or or liability, meaning that if something negative happens to you, the company is responsible if they require it. For the most part, I think the vaccines are, are safe. The issue I have is the authoritarianism, the lack of personal choice, personal responsibility and medical autonomy. And I think it's overwhelmingly ineffective. But now we're starting to see people saying no. For one, you see in Australia, it's really bad. Hundreds of people have been arrested. Joe Biden coming out and saying this, I got to say, well, there may be a, a, an open window here. You know, they say when God closes a door, he opens a window. Now, it may be very bad that we're seeing the overt authoritarian push in this country with New York and their, their mandates with no medical exemptions. But what this is doing is it's slapping people in the face, shocking the system and waking them up. You can't just sit back and ignore this stuff anymore. Now, a lot of people are upset, as I mentioned, but one of the most notable is Bill Maher. And this story I find absolutely fascinating. Bill Maher hates Donald Trump, toes the party line because he watches mainstream media. But you can see that there's something within Bill Maher trying to break out and just say, I'm mad as hell and I can't take it anymore. The problem is, Bill, you don't actually read the news. If you did and you kept up to date with the stories, you'd realize all of the contradictions, the lies and the manipulations look, I use CNN. I use The Hill. I'm using the Daily Mail. I use Politico. And when you follow these, 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 these news outlets and you actually read consistent articles, you'll be like, hey, wait a minute. That article contradicts that article. Hey, I'll give you a good point. I'll, I'll give you a good example. There was a Politico, which reported that Ukrainians were uh, scrambling after trying to help uh, Hillary Clinton uh, in, the, in the 2016 election, they, they had colluded and, and, and try and, uh, you know, provided some uh, oppo research and stuff like that. Politico reports this. And then later on, another report of Politico claims it's, it's all not true. And the Ukrainians never did this and things like that. It's funny because I'm looking at that like just retract the story. Re- nope, they won't do it. So when you actually read and follow up, you're like, wait a minute, these both can't be true. They must be lying. And then the journalists stand by their reporting, and then you have to fact check and try and figure out what's real. Bill Maher doesn't do this. But you can see that if he did, perhaps uh, he'd understand what's really going on. Bill Maher reveals that he will refuse the COVID booster shot, demands medical autonomy, and says he only had the vaccine in the first place to take one for the team. Bill, that's insane. That is absolute, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, oh the, 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 the TV doctor in the commercial said, get medicated. So I was like, sure, I guess the commercials work, right? You should go and take any, any medication you take should be because it's recommended to you by a trusted, trusted medical professional. I, I, I know you guys, I hear a lot of people saying, but my doctor's not smart. Get a better doctor, you know? But anyway, the point is Bill Maher saying like, but the TV told me to do it. So I did. It's like, wow, man. Oh, <laughs> but there may be something here with the vaccine mandates. People like Bill Maher are starting to realize, bro, you need a booster shot. The vaccine, the vaccine mandate doesn't mean one and done. It doesn't mean you go out, you get your card and you're good for life. It means they're going to be like boosters. Next vaccine, this vaccine. Did you get that one? that one? There's four lines on the card. The app has even more. Then you're going to need new cards then they're gonna they're requiring IDs. Then then your ID is gonna be contingent upon some social credit, and therein lies the big problem: people just fo- folding and allowing this. I want to show you something because Bill Maher, I uh, uh, you know we should we should start to see a wave of smears against Bill Maher because he said something that uh, Joe Rogan said, and Joe Rogan got attacked in the media relentlessly, and then had to backtrack. And I think that was I think Joe was wrong uh, uh, to a, to a degree. What happened with Joe was that on his show, he said that when young people, like in their 20s, ask him if they should get vaccinated, Joe says no. And that's a mistake. I don't, I don't, I, I, if someone asked me, I'd be like, bro, I'm not, I'm, I'm what, we, we, what, what is a camera, internet guy going to tell you about getting medication? I don't know. I don't want responsibility for that. So Joe, uh, my, my take on it was, you know, he's, he's entitled to his opinion. He can say whatever he wants. But, you know, don't give medical advice, I guess. I guess the issue there is, you could give medical advice on literally anything, and no one really cares. But this vaccine's the one thing. All right. Well, Bill Maher is now basically saying the same thing, that he's saying. It's, he, Bill Maher said that young people don't need the vaccine, and Max Rose is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, everyone's got to be responsible, and blah blah blah. You see, here's what's happening. Bill Maher is sitting there saying, like, I went and got the vaccine, and you know, everybody said we had to do it. I accept that. Now you're saying booster shots. That's right. It was obvious to anybody, but you know, you know what's funny about Bill Maher? Bill Maher, if if have you guys ever heard the word midwit? Right? Midwits aren't stupid. They're slightly on the smarter scale. You know, they're, they're 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 discerning people to a certain degree, but not quite enough. Bill, did you notice there were four lines on your vaccination card, and now you're surprised by this? What did you think the four lines were for? For the other vaccines. Look, I think vaccines are fantastic. I just don't like the idea of the state mandating medication. I'm not even a fan of fluoride being in drinking water because as much as it does help teeth, having our toothpaste, you can get that hippie toothpaste that doesn't do anything or whatever. Uh, Why are are people drinking it? So I don't like, uh, I like being health conscious to a certain degree. I'm not like a crazy person who's drinking silver, weird stuff like that. But I think people have to make uh, make the choice for them. This is you. This is your life. Let's read. Liberal chat show host Bill Maher has announced he has no plans to get a COVID vaccine booster. Well, I tell you this, Bill, the mandates are coming to L.A. They've been announced. And if you don't get the booster, congratulations, you won't be able to work and you won't be able to eat. So you will get it. And then you'll probably just complain about it. He said he won't get the booster shot and said he only got vaccinated in the first place to take one for the team. Also, that's just such a I I just can't stand this. Okay, take one for the team as if it's bad to do. That's the problem. I've gotten, look, I think a lot of people are substantially worried about the, uh, I think there's a lot of people who are worried about the vaccine and I can understand concerns. I, I think it's overwhelmingly safe. I, I do, but I, I think for the most part, just because it's safe doesn't mean it's right for you. It's about your body. And Bill Maher brings it up and says, is my body not different? Right. So, dude, go to your doctor. But the, but the way he's phrasing this, like he never wanted to do it in the first place. What he's basically saying is that he didn't want it and he only did it because he was peer pressured into it. That is stupid and dangerous. OK, you should get the vaccine because you, you're concerned about your health and your doctor said, here's your risk factors and here's your conditions. Or you doctor says don't because you have some you know maybe you have like a medical uh, a medical issue maybe you have a religious issue it's up to you not me I'm not gonna tell you what to do they keep saying this but everyone's got to get it otherwise the variants and stuff and it's like bro we are not dictators we are not that means we accept risks along with freedoms that's the balance I cannot tell someone what to do with their life even if I can sit here and say I think it's safe someone can be like don't care and I'll be like I'm not your boss. And even if I was, you could walk out like I don't have any uh, control over your life. On Friday's episode, Bill Maher said, I never wanted the vaccine. I took one for the team. And by the way, do you know who doesn't get a lot of vaccines? Millennials, Maher said. I know a lot of millennials, especially the 20 year olds. They don't think they need it. They're probably right. But I tell them I didn't want it either. I took one for the team. Whoa, Bill Maher. Dropping the bomb, saying that millennials don't need the vaccine. You're not a doctor, good sir. I'm not going to sit here and, and and opine on CDC data and tell you what you do or don't need because let's just be honest. For one, I don't give financial advice. I don't give legal advice, and I sure as hell don't give medical advice. I don't want to get sued, and you know YouTube will ban you. That's true. A lot of people think that's the main reason why I'm like I'm not going to advise you to do anything. No, it's. Because it's a highly contentious issue, and the same thing with crypto, we always say, we're always like, it's not financial advice, not financial advice. Same thing with this. Here's the issue. The media roasted Joe Rogan over this. Bill Maher is now saying the same thing on a major show. What's going to happen with that? suppose we'll see. But every eight months, you're going to put this ish in me, he asked rhetorically? I don't know about that. Maybe I don't need one, he said. I don't want a one size fits all. My body may be different than your body. He's correct. People's bodies are different. Biden, meanwhile, is busy celebrating the FDA approval. And they go on to mention he's saying, you know, get everybody vaccinated. The celebratory dust has not even settled, though, before Biden urged American companies to mandate the vaccine. Fox News host Tucker Carlson hit out at the hypocrisy shown by Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi Carlson showed footage of Pelosi attending a fundraising event without wearing a a face mask, despite having previously told Capitol staffers that face coverings would be required at all times and claiming real men wear masks. Oh, if you're stupid enough to fall for something like that, I'll tell you this. They scream about toxic masculinity all day and night. And I tell you, you want to be a real man? Sure. Bill Maher's comments on Friday provoked the ire of former New York Congressman Max Rose, a spineless and pathetic loser, mind you. I'll I'll elaborate in a second. Who was part of Maher's roundtable discussion on the topic? He he replied, yeah, I lost you, man. That's crazy. My body isn't different. Every's body is somewhat different, Maher asked in response. I just read the statistics about who dies from this. You're trying to be cute. You're rolling the dice, Rose said. Why is Max Rose a spineless, and pathetic loser? Well, those are not just arbitrary statements I'm making. He's spineless. He campaigned on a moderate, pol- a moderate policy about kitchen table issues. And then once he got into office, he just said, sure, Pelosi, whatever you want, because he had no spine. He couldn't stand up for himself. And why is he a loser? Because he lost. Because then when he ran again, people are like, you're a loser and we don't want you. And he lost. There you go. He's a loser. I'm not trying to be cute, Marshot back. Quote, I know I'm in your house, Rose told Marr. I'm not trying to step over the line here. But genuinely, genuinely, people's lives are on the line. And just as significantly, our very way of life is on the line here. It's very important that people get vaccinated. It's very important that, right, I'm saying get vaccinated, Marr said. But if there's a need for boosters, particularly as the evidence is showing amongst those who have underlying conditions, amongst the elderly, so on and so forth, it's important they take them and it's important they trust those who are urging them to do it. Okay, okay, Ma replied, but you just said underlying condition and elderly. I don't count myself either. So is my body different? Can I have some medical autonomy? No, look, here's the best part. You ready for this? Let's hit this one out of the park. Quote, no, look, no one is mandating it for you in your particular position, Rose said, although they might. But I do think it's very dangerous to enter into a conversation here about personal responsibility when the truth of the matter is this is a collective responsibility. If large groups of people do not get vaccinated, they go to the hospital and our hospitals get overrun, said Rose. You can't get a mammogram. You can't get a biopsy and so many other things. Literally, society as we know it can't function. What did they say about 15 days to slow the spread? Got to flatten the curve. Now they want to come out and say this garbage. Max Rose, you're a moron. You're, you're just spineless and refusing to say what people are, have been saying for some time. That the line keeps moving. And that's what Bill Maher is saying. He's saying, this is where I butt up against the line. This is it for me. I give up. I think Bill Maher is what he says is indicative of what a lot of people are saying. Now, truth be told, isn't Bill like in his 60s? I don't think that's elderly, but, you know, he's in his 60s. Now, here's the best part. Let's go back to what Max Rose says. No one is mandating it for you in your particular position. Although they might. What's about to come? My friends, I'd like to show you this here Wikipedia entry for real time with Bill Maher, where you can see over here on the right side. What does it say? it? Production locations. What does that say? Television City, Fairfax District, Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. Hmm. What's going on with that? Well, L.A. is on the verge of mandating vaccines. So, yeah, Bill. They're going to tell you by law you have to get it. And I'd love to see what you do then. With respect, I hope you stay true to your principles and what you've already asserted and then stand up for your medical autonomy. ABC7 says LA City Council approves vaccine mandate for city workers. August 18th. So we go and it's just city workers. So uh, and, 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 and to be fair, they say. They voted to approve an ordinance requiring COVID vaccines for all city employees, except those who have medical or religious exemptions. My friends, religious exemptions. That is extremely broad. There may as well be no mandate at all if there is a religious exemption. You shouldn't have to cite your religion to say that you want to have medical autonomy. But I will say functionally, there may as well be no mandate. Ultimately, I guess it's just the people who don't care will be like, I, what they're trying to do is they're trying to pressure people who are soft, uh, uh, soft targets. People who are just like, whatever, I don't care. Now they're like, we'll get it. They'll go, okay, fine, whatever, I don't care. I saw something really funny, actually. I'm just, I, I facepalm on all this. When the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine, there was a Reddit post and someone said, I was waiting for FDA approval. I'm a man of my word holding up his card and it said, doctor or clinic, Walmart. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> Walmart. Come on, man, to quote Joe Biden. Go to your doctor. I just I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted by like when Casey Neistat, you know, he's a good dude. But he tweeted at me that he just pulled up to a parking lot and just stuck his arm out the window. I'm like, you got to talk to a doctor, dude. You know, I think we could dramatically reduce the VAERS uh, adverse reports if people just got five minutes on the phone. And and said, what do you think? What, you know, what's your advice or, or came in for a physical or something like that? I just I think people are willy nilly on this one. I think the idea from the establishment is just absolute utilitarianism. Everybody just get it, whatever, just do it. And, and you know, fine. I think many Democrats are just doing this because it's an easy way to exploit. Uh, it's an easy exploit to gain more power. I certainly think, as I've stated, look, I think the vaccines are fine. I think they're safe. I think you should follow your doctor's instructions, but just make sure you have a doctor who knows what's going on. If if your doctor can't answer basic questions for you, I'm sorry. Like you don't need to blame all doctors for you having a bad doctor. You just need to go get a second opinion and talk to someone who's good. But you know, ultimately, this is about our rights, our 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 choices as as human beings, our human rights, the decisions we get to make about our bodies. And it's really funny that the meme goes. A whole lot of the punch of Nazi people have suddenly be have uh, shockingly become the show me your papers people, and these same people who say my body my choice are now saying I don't care not your body not your choice. There's no argument. There's no principle among the left, and that's the problem with people like Bill Maher. If Bill actually just watched what they were saying, he'd be like, Hey, wait a minute, that's contradictory. You know, Ibram Kendi comes out and says any policy that creates a disparity among races is a systemically racist policy. And the, the, the vaxer ID stuff in New York, not passports, the vaxxer ID stuff is creating a disproportionate you know, racial outcome. Now, the law itself isn't race-based, so I'm not saying it's racist, but Ibn Kendi is. Where is he to come out and say you can't do this, New York? The, the, the black population of New York is the uh, least likely to be vaccinated among racial demographics. And so what they need is they need COVID proof and an ID. That's a vaxxer ID is when you need an identification with your with your COVID passport. Where are these uh, critical race theorists to be like, this is the problems we're coming? Nope, they're for it. They have no principles. If Bill would just pay attention for two seconds, he'd know this. But you know what? Maybe the man's past his prime, you know, maybe back in the day when Bill Maher was rising to prominence with Politically Incorrect and his stand up and all that stuff. The information you got was the information you got. It was on TV. It was on ABC, CBS, NBC. And that's all he does. He's a, he's a relic of a bygone generation, I suppose. For those of us, we read the news, we fact check, and we, we recognize the, contradiction, the information, contradictions in the information being presented to us. And therein lies why, you know, I, I had um, you know, I had Chris Carr, who's the editor for timcast.com on timcast the other day and he said he's like man i'm he's like you got to be really good you know with editing these articles and and, and tr- watching for for you know false framing or or, or uh, errors because the people who read our website they are sharp as a tack smart people and so we're often getting notes we're getting corrections thoughtful people Like all of you guys who are watching, I suppose if you can stomach a show like this, you are well versed to a certain degree in what's happening in the world. And people often correct me on things. It's more of, I suppose, a conversation than it is me broadcasting edict to people like truth and morality. I don't do that. No, a lot of people will come and be like, yeah, you're actually wrong about this one. Government has the power to mandate COVID-19 vaccination right now. Use it. Yeah. Here you go, Bill. How cities vaccine mandates can vary. New Orleans, August 27th. Proof, proof of vaccine or negative test for all customers and employees. San Francisco, as of August 20th. So these are, these are this is in effect now. Customers and staff who are eligible to get the vaccine. Again, if they have a medical and religious exemption, you're exempt. Like you need to understand what religion means and you need to look into it and understand philosophy and religion. Faith is your life choices and your beliefs. That grants you an exception. Look into it. You should be fine. We shouldn't have to assert that. But, you know, hey, there you go. There's the exception. New York City, as of August 16th, it's already been in play. Customers and employees. And from a good friend, Bill Maher, who operates out of Los Angeles. It's unclear when it starts. But you will, customers and employees will be required. And that's restaurants, bars, gyms, movie theaters, and retail establishments. I'm curious about what they're going to say about your studio. Does it qualify as a theater because you have a live studio audience? In which case, Bill, you're going to get the booster shot and you're going to mutter and grumble and say, wah." wah, wah." that's why you need to stand up and assert autonomy and civil rights immediately. That's why the moment the petty tyrants and the despots come to you and say, it's just X, it's just Y, you say, I don't care, which is an interesting point about Second Amendment. That's why a lot of people, uh, two-way supporters are like, I won't tolerate any law because they'll say it's just a background check. It's no big deal. Well, you already did the background check. We're just putting your information in a database so that we know you went through the background check. Well, you've already done. You've already been entered in the database. It's just to let us know which weapons you bought. I mean, we already have your other information. It's just a checkup to make sure that you're, you're, you're not out of your mind. It's, we're just checking on you at your house. Calm down. We're just doing a, a, a weapons check. We're not seizing your guns. It's going in for an inspection. It takes a day. Calm down. Oh, it's only a week. We'll get it back to you as soon as possible. Look, you'll get your, we- your weapons back in a few months. It's no big deal. What weapon? Sorry, you must be mistaken. We have no record on file of you owning a weapon. You see how it works, one step at a time. You stand up for your civil rights. You say, no, here's the line, and I won't cross it. So I'll I'll wrap with this. Biden is urging more companies to issue vaccine mandates. There's some interesting questions about libertarian issues for a small business, meaning somebody with only a handful of employees saying, you know, I'm elderly, I'm at risk, and I don't want to work with people. That I understand. There's a bigger question about when you scale up into larger size businesses and what companies can or can't mandate. I think y'all need to understand uh, something. If you want to be libertarian and and respect freedom, there are difficult questions like, can we force a conglomerate like, you know, uh, Google to mandate vaccines or to not mandate vaccines? And there's some interesting questions about scale of employees and impact. For a small business, I want to be hands off for the small business to a great degree. Finding that line to figure out what's the most fair and what's most responsible, it's difficult. But I'm not going to go to a 65-year-old guy who's like, my doctor wants me to get the vaccine and I don't want to work around people who won't get it. And he's got like three employees. I'll be like, well, then don't work with them, I guess, right? But then these people get fired. You see, that's the challenge. It's very, very different when you scale up. There are laws that only apply to businesses of certain sizes for this reason. Google, with its hundreds of thousands of employees or whatever, Amazon, could decimate the economy by doing this and cause waves of unemployment. And that's why we have different rules for larger size businesses. I'm less concerned about infringing on the rights of Amazon, you know, than I am a mom and pop shop. But that's the big challenge. I'm trying to navigate that line of, of freedom, Right. It's hard to know how to do it. It really is. Because when it comes to a mom and pop shop, and maybe there's a small handful of employees, who has the true freedom, the employee or the, or the, or the owner? I think the business owner doesn't have a, an obligation to hire anybody. It's his money. He can do what he wants, right? But a major corporation. Now things get interesting. Now you're saying that you're going to mandate hundreds of thousands of people, many of, many of whom have no uh, options to get it. And you're going to just, that's different. It is. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be the master of morality. Some of these issues are just hard lines. I don't know how to solve for fairness. It's not easy. So I try to, for the most part, protect the individual. So when it comes to a mom and pop shop, when you have three to five people or 10 people or whatever, it's the mom and pop shop. That's protect the individuals. When it comes to massive multinational corporations, again, it's the employees. They're the individuals here, not the massive conglomerate with hundreds of billions or whatever. I don't know where the line is, though. That's why I don't want to be a politician. That's why I'll never tell you what to do with your life. And that's why I'm like, I don't know, man. I just try to call out, uh, I try to figure out where we can draw that line to respect freedoms, defend our uh, security at the same time while recognizing with freedom comes risk. I accept it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. We start with the resignation of Andrew Cuomo. And we end up with a 1981 communist terrorist attack. Yeah, crazy story, isn't it? You see, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, is officially out. And Hochul has finally replaced him, the first female governor of New York, apparently. And before Andrew Cuomo left, he tried to give away his dog or something. I don't care, whatever. He also commuted the sentence of a communist terrorist who was involved in the 1981 Brinks robbery that left three people dead. This is, I'll just put it this way. If you were looking for some kind of indication that there were communist interests in control of government, I'm not saying controlling all of the government, but certainly infiltrating and gaining control, you need only look at what's going on right now. Jessup Bowden in San Francisco, this is his father, a terrorist, and he was raised by his adoptive father, Bill Ayers, of the Weather Underground. Other terrorists. So here we are. This is the news. So let me take you down this path from Cuomo resigning into what exactly happened with the Brinks terror attack and or I should say the Brinks robbery specifically and where that leads us now in San Francisco with escalating crime and a failure of Chesa Bowden as the DA. But is it any surprise when this is who people vote for? From timcast.com, goodbye Cuomo. Governor has left office, Hochul replaces him. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul took Cuomo's place after she was sworn in at a midnight ceremony conducted by the state's chief judge, Janet Di uh, Fiore. Moving vans were spotted outside the governor's mansion over the weekend. Cuomo, who resigned two weeks ago, who resigned two weeks ago, reportedly left his dog, Captain, behind. <laughs> what? Okay. Captain is the husky shepherd Malamut mix Cuomo adopted in 2018. A spokesman told the Times Union of Albany that he was only seeking a temporary placement for the dog. Mr. Cuomo resigned rather than face impeachment over allegations of harassment. And we, we get it. As Governor Cuomo proclaimed himself a progressive Democrat who gets things done. Since taking office in 2011, he helped push through legislation that legalized gay marriage, began lifting the minimum wage to $15, and expanded paid family leave benefits. He also backed big infrastructure projects, including a new Hudson River Bridge, blah, blah, blah. In his final act, Cuomo granted clemency. To six people. they go on to mention uh, Hochul is a 62-year-old Democrat and former member of Congress from the Buffalo area. She'll be the state's 57th governor as well as its first female. But here's where the rage comes in in the Daily Mail. Cuomo is condemned for commuting sentences of five murderers, including father of radical left-wing San Francisco D.A. Chesa Bowden, who killed three in 1981 Brinks cash truck robbery. It was an overt Communist terrorist organization, and Cuomo has granted clemency. The Daily Mail reports, outgoing New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been blasted by victims groups for commuting the murder sentence of San Francisco DA Jesse Bowden's dad over an armored car robbery that killed three. Cuomo announced Monday evening that he was commuting the prison sentences of David Gilbert, Greg Mingo, Robert Ehrenberg, Ulysses Boyd, and Paul Clark. All five have murder convictions with Gilbert, Bowden's father, the only killer still incarcerated with no possibility of parole over a deadly 1981 holdup of a Brinks crash, uh, a Brinks cash truck that left a security guard and two cops dead. He served as a gateway driver, a getaway driver for the crime with Cuomo saying Monday his crime related to an incident in which he was the driver, not the killer. Spare me. Gilbert was convicted of three counts of second degree murder in 1983 over the killings. With Cuomo's commutation, meaning his 75-year minimum sentence has been lowered to 40 years time served. Although Cuomo said he had commuted Bowdoin's sentence, he added that the case has been referred to the parole board for potential release, meaning he will not be freed immediately. Cuomo ordered the release of the other four men whose sentences he also commuted. Bowdoin shared his joy on Twitter upon learning about his father's commutation, writing, and here's the tweet, my heart is bursting. On the eve of my first child's birth, my dad, who has been in prison nearly my entire life, was granted clemency. He never intended harm, yet his crime devastated many families. My heart breaks for the families that can never get their loved ones back. Pinned tweet from Chessa Bowden. Now, naturally, Chessa is getting absolutely roasted on Twitter. Now, I can certainly empathize with the man who is saying that he's going to finally see his father out of prison. But this guy is not some random getaway driver for some random crime. This was overt, uh, an overt act of political terror. And it wasn't the first that his his father had been involved in, because my understanding, and, and we'll go through all the details, was that his dad was a part of the weather underground. Now, over back at the Daily Mail, they say the clemency, uh, re- the clemency was received with backlash from elected officials in Rockland and, and family of the victims. The Rockland County Patrolman's Benevolent Association has, op- has opposed previous attempts for clemency, of clemency for Gilbert. State Assemblyman Michael Lawler said the commutation was a disgusting betrayal to the people of Rockland County, the families of Peter Pegier, Edward O'Grady, and Waverly Brown, the law enforcement officers and law enforcement officers everywhere. And Rockland County Executive Ed Day had even harsher words for Cuomo, accusing the governor of debasing his office. He told Lohud. I did not think that Cuomo could debase his office or estate any more than he did. My thoughts are with the families of the victims of the Brinks robbery and every person of Rockland County who has insulted uh, by, who was insulted by the governor today. This October will mark the 40th anniversary of the 1981 Brinks robbery in which Gilbert and his wife, Kathy Bowden, were involved. Gilbert's wife, Kathy Bowden, was also involved in the incident and served as a lookout at the moment two of her accomplices shot the two police officers dead. She struck a plea deal that saw her admit felony murder in exchange for a 20 year sentence and was released in 2003. She is now an adjunct professor at Columbia University School of Social Work in New York. Are you paying attention to the people that are teaching your children, that are taking charge as district attorney? They are terrorists, criminals and murderers. And while you weren't paying attention, these people infiltrated and were given power. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. These are not the things that we want kids to, to uh, learn and, and believe in. It's, it's, it's horrifying. You want to come to me and say the government has done wrong and they violate the rights of people. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that definitely. There's a ton of things the government has done, the U.S. government specifically, and different states. There's, there's hor- are you t- I'll tell you the stories about Chicago. With the, the, the black sites they operate where they torture people into false confessions. Yeah, I'll buy it. Then when you step up and say that we're going to fight for freedom and you murder innocent people, you are just as bad as the despots you claim to oppose. Because it is always the innocent who suffer when psychopaths like this think they deserve the power and they can just take whatever they want. And now they're gaining the power. Because... Regular people sat back and ignored the world for too long. And you see what happens now? They're teaching your children. They're prosecuting crimes or not prosecuting crimes. Scrolling down, there's more and more photos. The heist which uh, landed him in jail started at the Nanuit Mall in upstate New York when security guard Peter Page was also killed during the robbery. His colleague Joseph Trambino was seriously wounded, later died in the 9-11 terror attacks. Man. That's a career. Let me, let me bring you to the 1981 Brinks robbery and tell you what, what, what we'll just read through this. It's, it's Wikipedia. I'm not going to pretend like it's the greatest source in the world. But let me explain to you exactly who was just commuted. The 1981 Brinks robbery was an armed robbery and three related murders committed on October 20th, 1981, which were carried out by six Black Liberation Army members, Matulu Shakur, Kuwasi Balagoon, Solomon Boynes, Samuel Brown. Mati- Matiari, Shabaka, Sundiata, Edward Joseph, and Chewie Ferguson, and four former members of the Weather Underground, now belonging to the main 19th communist organization, David Gilbert, Judith Alice Clark, Kathy Bowden, and Marilyn Buck. They stole $1.6 million in cash from a Brinks armored car at the Nanowit Mall in Nanowit, New York, killing a Brinks guard, Peter Page, seriously wounding Brinks guard Joseph Trombino, Slightly wounding Brinks truck driver guard James Kelly, subsequently killing two Nyack police officers, Edward O'Grady and Waverly Brown, and seriously wounding police detective Artie Keenan. Trombino recovered from the wounds he received in the incident, but was killed in 2001 in the September 11th attacks. Perpetrators, the Main 19th communist organization. For political reasons, they sought to steal money. They are Terrorists. And this is what you get now. Sentence commuted. Now look, the dude's extremely old, all right? David Gilbert is currently 76 years old. And he, uh, well, he wasn't supposed to be getting out anytime soon. I'll tell you this. I certainly think keeping elderly people in prison serves very little purpose other than to waste our money, I guess. And the dude's 76. I don't know exactly what he's going to be doing that he can't already be doing. I suppose you have him on watch because maybe he could plan other, you know, terroristic activities. 76 years old, man. Not long for this world. So in terms of releasing people who are older or imprisoning people who commit crimes who are older, it's tough. We can't just let old people go commit crimes. It's like, oh, they're 80. What are we going to do? Imprison them? I guess. But there's at least something we can do. Maybe what, what, what really serves the interest of justice is after a certain age, you get placed on, you know, in a home. And Depending on the crime, obviously, if you're a violent offender, yeah, we lock you up. And so someone like David Gilbert, you don't want to let out. You don't. And that, that, that's, that's kind of the point, right? The point I'm trying to make is there are a lot of people who probably shouldn't be in prison. I think a prison system is broken, and it's very, very stupid. There are a lot of people who are innocent who end up in prison, and that's a damn shame. We always have to err on the side of, the, of protecting the innocent. However, in this instance, David Gilbert is the one, is, is the one type of person you don't want to release. Now they say, oh, but, but, you know, he didn't intend to harm anybody. He was just a getaway driver. You build a machine together that causes harm. Oh, but we, we just built the machine. The machine did it. No, sorry. You were part of the operation. The, they were armed. You knew they were armed. You knew what they could intend. You were providing support for them to commit these acts that they would not have been able to uh, uh, pull off without their getaway driver. If David Gilbert said, I will not drive for you, perhaps the operation never would have happened. But he decided he wanted to provide that material support. And in the commission of a felony, people were murdered. And that means you. Of all the people to be released, how about people who are charged with like, I don't know, pot charges? I was saying all throughout last year, Donald Trump should just grant clemency and commute and pardon all nonviolent drug offenders at the federal level, so long as they didn't plead down from violent offenses. So it's like somebody, you know, drug offenses, you're gone, you go home, have a nice day. Instead, this is what we get of all of all the people, a communist terrorist. Amazing. Let me show you the man's son. Chessa Bowden is an American lawyer. He served in the 20 as a 29th district attorney of San Francisco since J- January 8, 2020. He has previously served as deputy public defender of San Francisco. Let's take a look at uh, uh, relatives of Mr. Bowden. Bill Ayers, weather underground. Bernadine Dorn, underground. Lewis B. Bowden, his great great granduncle, Leonard Bowden, Michael Bowden, etc., you get the point. David Gilbert and Kathy Bowden are his parents. He was a child of communist terrorists. But my friends, I will not condemn a man for the sins of the father. I'm not here to rag on Chessa Bowden for what his dad did. Absolutely not. I'm here to point out that the apple doesn't fall, fall too far from the tree. And I will certainly not condemn a person for the actions of their parents. I know many people who have bad parents and they, and they lead great lives. So in that respect, I 100% will defend Chesa Bowden. A lot of people attacked him simply because of who his parents are. And I want to make sure it's clear that I don't care who his parents are. I'm concerned about who he's raised by. But again, his actions are his actions, not anyone else's. It just so happens that his actions are very bad. Because while I can absolutely state for the millionth time, I will not condemn Chesa Bowden for what his dad did. He didn't even know his dad. He was a baby or his mom. He was a, he was a baby and was adopted. I'll show you what you get when you when you uh, when you vote for someone like him, because it was obvious that, you know, with the policies that he espoused, that the apple didn't fall too far from the tree and given the opportunity, you can see now that perhaps Operating outside the system was a bad strategy. Now you've got someone operating inside the system and you got to pay attention to this stuff. I'll put it this way. If someone comes out and says that they're, you know, it turns out their dad was a really, really bad person. I'd be like, well, let me hear what you have to say, because I'm not going to blame you for what your parents did. You know, the sins of the father. I'm not going to transfer that to you. And so if they said, look, I believe in freedom and I believe in justice and accountability. And that means we can't just let criminals go. But it also means we need to protect the innocent. I'd be like, I dig it. If they come out and they say they're far left, just like their their parents, or if they were like, oh, yeah, I agree with a lot of their same ideology, I'd be like, yeah, that's a red flag. That is definitely a red flag. From Fox News, San Francisco DA faces second recall effort as residents fed up with progressive zero-consequence policies. They say a second recall effort launched against district attorney Chesa Bowden demonstrates how residents are fed up with his progressive policies, as his push to reduce jail funding and refusal to prosecute repeat offenders ensures the streets remain marred with open air drug dealing and violent crime now stretching into the suburbs, a leader of the prominent local police union tells Fox News. Last week, the first Republican backed recall effort uh, fell just 1714 signatures short of the required of the signatures required to trigger a special election to bring the question of ousting Bowdoin before voters. Now, a second recall effort is being organized, which Bowdoin brushed off Monday uh, Monday night is proof that his so-called successes in reducing incarceration has angered the billionaire class. Listen to these people; they tell you who they are: the billionaire class. What billionaire class? You think Jack Dorsey's marching around complaining about uh, over-incarceration? Uh, I'm sorry, under-incarceration. You think you Mark Zuckerberg and his other billionaires are like Joseph Bowden should should stop, or do you think they're usually just like either? nihilistic or leftist. I think based on what we've seen, YouTube is more likely than ever to not oppose Chessa Bowden. He's on, he's, he's on their side. The billionaire class. I'm sorry, do the Koch brothers live in San Francisco? I can't imagine a lot of conservative billionaires living in that area. No, it goes to show you that regular people are fed up. They want their lives back. They're tired of human feces littering the streets. They're tired of the homeless problems. And I'm not blaming the homeless for being homeless. I'm blaming the government for not finding adequate solutions. Solutions are hard, I'll tell you this, because I understand the homeless problem. But what about refusing to prosecute people who are shoplifting? What about all the videos we see people walking in, just stealing stuff and walking out? The apple didn't fall far from the tree in this instance. I'm always careful to make sure we're not going to blame someone for the sins of the father or mother, whatever. You get the point. But at this point, Joseph Bowden has showed us his colors. He's shown us, it's red, by the way, he's shown us exactly what he wants and intends to do, and it's been a disaster. Unfortunately, they were just short of the signatures they needed to get a recall. They'll try again. They say, his progressive approach, that's, uh, but, but it's his progressive approach is actually hurting average San Franciscans. San Francisco Police Officers Association President Tony Montoya tells Fox News, as Bowdoin's swiftest revolving door in criminal justice sends the message to offenders that there are no consequences for their actions. Police are the bad guys, and the bad guys are the good guys in the minds of a progressive," Montoya said. "Chess is good at the blame game. We're going to call him Mr. Deflector because he's always pointing the finger left or right and never at the man in the mirror. The perception out there is that is that there are zero consequences for illegal or bad behavior. They know if they get caught, they'll run out sooner than it takes an officer to write their police report. Rather than the politicians becoming numb to it, I think they're in denial. They are flat out in denial that it's occurring." It's not secret we have an open air drug market, open air drug markets and homelessness coupled with upticks in blatant daylight shoplifting, residential and commercial burglaries, shootings and other violent crimes have left citizens starting to wake up to the reality that's now become their nightmare as far as public safety and crime goes. Walgreens shutting down stores, Target reducing hours, a story about an elderly man who used to walk a block to get his medication now has to walk six because the stores are closing because crime is through the roof. At a certain point, you'd think people would say enough. But therein lies the big problem. People don't care. They literally don't care. How do you get someone like Chesapeake Bowden in office in the first place? People don't care. So when he steps up and you can see exactly who he is and what he represents, regular people just say, I don't know. And the progressive zealots and the communists and the socialists, they say, this is our guy. And they like the chaos. They do. They want to tear the system down so that they can propose the real solutions. The only problem with their plan is that we're watching you tear the system down, dude. You're the DA. It's your fault. Why would I trust you to fix it? It'll just result in a backlash. And people will go for some, you know, right wing or even a far right, whatever that means, uh, prosecutor, who will then, you know, drop the hammer. Moving on up from San Francisco, we can see what's happening with Gavin Newsom. It's neck and neck. He may actually get recalled. Of course, there's some Interesting goings on pertaining to that election. And if he does get recalled, it seems Larry Elder may end up being the governor. There may be a major reaction of people saying enough of the corrupt and spineless who are purposefully destroying our towns, our state, so that they can empower themselves and push a political ideology. The terrorists have infiltrated the system and they are. You look at what he's doing letting these criminals go. Is that, is that improving the lives of anybody? No. It's almost like the state is engaging in acts of terror and narco tyranny. I'll tell you this. You better believe that if you're in San Francisco and you arm yourself to protect yourself against the crime, oh, they will arrest and charge you. But if you're a shoplifter or a mugger or a criminal, nah, you're free to go. Heaven forbid you're a working class individual who says, I just want to be safe. I want to feel safe. I want my family to be safe. Nah, that they won't allow, Cuomo, grants clemency to probably the one person you don't grant clemency to, politically charged murderer. I'd I I would understand if it was like, you know, a, a 75-year-old uh, uh, drug dealer. I'd be like, well, whatever, you know. It is 75 nonviolent offense, any kind of or money launder. If Cuomo came out and, and, and pardoned some like money laundering guy or some or Ponzi scheme, I'd be like, yeah, 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 it's all corrupt. But this, this is beyond reproach. This is, this is what happens when the, the, the terrorists are gaining power. They start pardoning their friends and using the power of government to enrich and and, and empower themselves. Pay attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.